Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to episode two of Purpose in the Process. I want to read y'all real quick a Denzel Washington quote. Um, My husband's a Denzel fan, and Denzel once said this, Commitment makes you start something, but consistency makes you finish it. Today, we're going to be centering around the word resilience. We're going to be talking not just about commitment, but about the push through, about the bounce back, about the continuing things. And to start that off, I just want to read a verse in Philippians. We just got through with a big youth event. So if I sound like a jaguar crawled out of my throat, that's why. It was an incredible weekend and our whole lock-in was kind of based off of this verse. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What that says, Paul's telling them like, look, God's not going to quit. He's going to keep Keep doing the thing. Keep pouring into you. Keep revealing. Keep having you walk in the purpose that he's planned for you according to the calling that he's made on your life. So don't quit. Keep pushing through because he's going to see it into completion until he returns to rescue you. So I want you to know that that same thing require, same thing goes for you. It's required that you believe it though. You know, I feel like people want to know who they are in him. They want to know how they find him. You know, how did you find God kind of thing. But I think God finds us. Um, God never goes anywhere, so we do acknowledge whenever His presence at some point in our life, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, how much success you have, or how much you have things put together, at some point you're going to go through a trial or a circumstance in your life where you are going to take time to just look up, and that is when you find God, and God finds you. He finds you right where you are. He doesn't wait for you to do any certain thing for Him to come to you. He finds you right where you are, um, and then once once you find Him, y'all, that's whenever you decide to pursue him. And as you pursue him, he reveals more to you. And so Paul, um, I'm going to read a verse in, uh, that Paul wrote real, real quick in Acts. And he's just acknowledging, um, he's speaking to the people of Athens and he's saying, look, y'all are worshiping a bunch of fake stuff, but y'all need to acknowledge one thing. So I'm going to start in Acts chapter 17, verse 23. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Okay, so there's an altar that they've been worshiping and there's actually a label on it that says to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and of earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. So these people are worshiping all these falsehoods, okay? And he's telling them how dumb it is. And he's telling them, too, that they don't need a temple built by human hands to find God. He's saying that if they'll seek him, they'll realize that God was never far from them. And I want you to know that that's exactly how it is, y'all. You don't have to go to a church building to find God. You don't. Do you need to? Yes, there's purposes in church that you serve. You're around like-minded believers. You worship. All the things. I'm not discouraging from that. But what I'm telling you is that God just does not inhabit these buildings. It's not, it's not that way. He is the creator of all. It says right there, if you would seek him and then reach out for him, then you will find him. 
So when it comes to our purpose, it's something that we have to seek after, okay? God doesn't want for things to remain unknown to us. He really doesn't. He wants for you to know him. He wants for you to seek him. He wants you to reach out to him. But all of these things require consistency. Commitment to Jesus is how you accept salvation. It's saying, okay, Lord, I'm committing my life to you. I know you are the savior of my life. I trust in you, Jesus, okay? But then the consistency, that's your walk, okay? That's whenever it becomes a relationship. It's consistent. It's communication. So um, with being communication, I want to talk to y'all about uh, my little girl. She is three. And she has, it took her a very long time to talk. Like I would make jokes about it, but deep down I was really nervous because all of us do, right? As a parent, you're always comparing your kid to the neighborhood kid that's crawling faster, sitting up faster, walking faster, whatever. And I am not um, oblivious to me doing that. It is what it is. But she went through a long period of time where she just would not communicate. And people would be like, oh, it's because her brother talks for her. Or, oh, it's because y'all know what she wants anyway. She doesn't have to. But I was genuinely concerned. Well, then the light switch flipped on and she talks wonderfully. Um, But she has started even more now than when she first started talking and communicating. She has a stutter. And it's mainly whenever she's tired or when she's really excited or she's really mad. But anytime her emotions are at, at a peak, at a high, it's worse um, it, when she's nervous. And so we've really been working with her of not giving up what she's trying to say. Because once she starts to stutter and she gets ha, 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 like she gets hung up on a word, she'll just be like, forget it. Like, I'm not even going to say it anymore. Like, it's not even worth it. Instead of being like, okay, slow down. Let's think about it. Use your words. It's going to come out. Just be consistent. Just calm down a little bit. And then she gets her word out. And I always try to encourage her through that because I don't want for her to be a quitter. I don't want for her to just be like, you know what? This is hard. I'm going to just give up. No, because she has something that needs to be said. And I'm willing to sit there and listen to her and take time so that she can get it out. So whenever I was thinking about her, I think about how many times in my life that I felt that I was at a stutter. Like I knew what I was trying to do. I knew what I was who I was trying to help. I knew what I was trying to get get through that God was laying on my heart. But once I came up on a stumbling block or I came up on a hurdle, I just quit. I became a quitter. I'm going to tell you, God does not make quitters. There's nothing in this book that says, I want for you to be a quitter. No. Instead, he speaks perseverance, strength, consistency, all these things, okay? So once you have God has placed a calling on your life, the enemy hears that calling too. Okay, the enemy hears whatever God's placed in you, whatever you've, even if you vocally came out with it, you know, Joseph, when he got his dream, he started telling people, well, then what happened? Okay, so I just want to tell you that the enemy knows then what's what's coming before you, what you're trying to go after, and he's going to put things in there to make it hard. Okay, but that doesn't mean that you need to give up. Um, You know, this is a process. I love that that's based off of our thing. You know, there's purpose in the process. And when you know that something is a process, you, you know that it has steps. You know that it has stages. Okay. Figuring out what your calling is on your life is obviously the first one that we're going to get to. And we're going to do that within different weeks. You know, we're going to really be able to take our time to listen to God in a way that you never have before. Um, but I want for you to understand that you shouldn't dread the process. Instead, you need to embrace every single stage that it has to offer. Because whatever you're going through now is preparing you for what is to come. Um, so I'm going to go through three different things right here that uh, I just want for you to know whenever it comes to you and your calling. Um, I'm going to read a verse in Romans, but to sum it up, it just says that God can't take away the calling that he's placed on your life. 
this verse right here in Romans eleven twenty nine. it says that God's call on your life is irrevocable, okay? But I want to tell you that when you don't walk in it, you can make it, you can revoke it, you can quit, you can put it to the side, you cannot walk in it. And that is such a scary place for us to all be because once we we die and we go to heaven, God's going to judge, judge us, you know, that's judgment. And he's going to say, look, I placed this in your hand, Shelly. Only you, only you were the one that I placed it on. What did you do with it? And I'm going to sit there and I don't want to sit there with my arms crossed or my hands sitting on my hands and say, well, I don't know. Or so-and-so told me I couldn't. Or I was scared. Or I didn't have enough money. Or I didn't have enough time. You know, like what's going to be the excuse? What's going to be your excuse for saying like, look, God, I know that you called me for this purpose. I know that you instilled with me every single thing I needed for it, but I didn't walk it out. So just know that God will not take away his gifts of you. He will not take away the calling that he places on you, but you can choose to go ahead and push it away and reject it yourself. The second one is going to be that the devil can't take away your calling either. Okay, God's not going to remove it. The devil can't remove it. But what the devil can do is he can make you not be consistent in seeking it out. He can make you quit. He can make you want to quit. He can put things in your life that you just think, you know what, there's no point of even doing it anyways. And that is the one thing that I feel like all of us struggle with so much is because when the devil starts pouring lies in your mind, you start listening to them. So that's why the word of God is so important because it is truth. The Bible says that it's truth and truth goes against lies. So when you pour this, pour the word of God inside of you, there, that can't, those lies can't, you know, stay in the same place as that. Um, the last one I want to just address is the worst. Like every one of us goes through this, okay? Your calling may not make sense to everybody else. It may not even make sense to you, okay? Like it may not even make sense to you. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It may not. And I think the first thing that we do is just like Joseph, like when we think about something that God has placed on our lives, we want other people to validate it. But if we don't understand it, they sure aren't going to understand it, okay? One of my friends, I went to a women's conference last weekend and she said, you know what? If if you ex- try to talk about your calling and your purpose and your goals that God's placed on your life to your friends and they think you're crazy, then you need to get you another set of friends. You don't need people in your life to start questioning the purpose that God has placed on you. Instead, you need encouragers around you to say, you know what? I know you don't even understand this right now, Shelly, but if God said it, God does it because he is faithful and we're going to do whatever we can to help you with it. So you need to not even want validation from others or even yourself. You need to just know that God's validation is enough and listen to that. You know, when Noah built an ark, y'all, it never rained before. Like these people had never even seen a boat, right? And he starts making it. He's telling them, look, God told me to do this. Think about how silly that was to them. You know, David, whenever he wasn't even supposed to be fighting the Philistines, but God chose him because David said yes. Paul, Paul murdered Christians. You guys, who would have ever thought that he would be the one to write so many books in the New Testament and pen them? But the Holy Spirit used Paul to write because Paul said yes. Even when it didn't make sense, like he should not have been the guy. He wasn't even a disciple of Jesus. He shouldn't have been the guy to do that. But you know what? God used him because God said yes. And when you say yes to God, God gives you more because there's very few people in this world that will say yes to him and walk and stuff. That's why it's the same people doing the same things over and over and over is because they're the ones that are saying yes to the call. So I want for you to be one of those. I want for you to be one of the ones that says yes to whatever it is that God is placing in your heart. Some days it's going to be hard. Um, but I want you to know that you've come way too far to quit now. You have come leaps and bounds over this whole Bible study. We, we've been doing this since May, you know, and God has changed you in so many ways. He has taught you so much through his word. 
He has given you a sense of camaraderie and friendships that you never had before. And you've come way too far to go back to your old self. So I want to encourage you right now to keep on going. Be resilient, okay? So I'm going to read a verse in James. James chapter 1, verse 4. Let's say it's a common, I feel like it's a common verse, but it says this, Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Whenever it comes to your spirituality, you need to know that whatever age you receive salvation, you're an infant. If you're a 50-year-old infant, then you're a 50-year-old infant. If you're an 18-year-old infant, you're an 18-year-old infant. And if you receive Jesus at age of eight, you still have to start maturing from that point. And the reason why you need to do that, perseverance produces that through your faith, okay? Faith is faith because it's tested. It's believing in something that you cannot see. So when your faith in your marriage is tested, you better persevere. You want to why? Because it's going to bring completion and maturity to your marriage. If you're parenting, if your finances, if you're um, staying away from addiction, you want to know why you're, you keep on getting tempted with the same things you used to be addicted to? Is because God's trying to produce something in you that's going to be complete and it's going to be, be mature. It's the testing of your faith that allows it to do that. Um, you know, whenever I was reading those verses in Acts about how Paul's telling them, if you'll seek him, you'll understand that when you find him, he never was far from to begin with. And I think that that's how our purpose is. You know, God wants for you to seek your purpose in him and he hides it from you because once you do find it, you, it's valuable. It's like treasure. It's like anything that you had to go out and find and work for to be able to get. You're going to protect it once you receive it. You're going to value it. You're going to guard it, right? You're going you're gonna to have so much more love and adoration for it because it, wasn't, it didn't come easy for you. Um, but God doesn't want for things to be a guessing game either. And we're about to talk about that. Um, there's only one you that can fulfill what you have been called for. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says that. It says that you are chosen for this. You are chosen for this. Not your sister, not your husband, not your coworker. It says you have been chosen for something that's special. So you need to hold on to that. Why is your purpose important? Because you're the only one that can do it. Why does your calling on your life have to start being fulfilled? Because you're the only one that can do it. Nobody else got that exact same call. Your life is made for passion and purpose. Not just to go through the motions of being misery. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that God wants to give you life and a good life and life in abundance, okay? But the devil comes to still kill, steal, and destroy. So you need to know that God, Jesus wants what's best for you in those verses. He doesn't want misery for you. He doesn't want mediocre for you. He wants something that is glorious for you. But he's the only one that can give it to you. So if you're trying to get it in any other way, you're never going to find it. You're not going to find it. You have to seek him and what his call is for you, not what you want in your own mind. And dang sure not what anybody else has. Only your creator can tell you what you were created for. So I'm going to read this. That We read James chapter 1, verse 4. Now I'm going to read verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. He will give it generously, y'all. He is standing there, just like Paul was telling them in Acts. He is standing there waiting, and you're going to find he's not too far. When you find that he's not too far, you ask him, and he will give it to you without any kind of caution because he's been waiting on you to even ask. He's been waiting on you to even ask. But God has to have your participation. He's not going to do it all for you. His relationship is double-sided. It's double-sided. He wants your participation in your calling, in your purpose. Matthew 7 
It kind of goes with what I just read in James, but I'm going to read it anyways. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says that ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be open. So he just kind of reiterates what he said. And I want to tell you that that's how, that's, that's what he means. Okay. If you keep asking, he's not going to reject you as long as you're asking with the right motives. Okay. Be sure that you are what that you are seeking a calling, not because you're wanting to reject the calling he's already given you. You you don't get to pick from A, B, or C. <laughs> like, I feel like we try to do that. Like, okay, you gave me A, eh, let me think about it, but give me plan, give me the second option, Lord. And he's like, there is no second option. Ask me with the right motives and I will give it to you, but then you better walk in it because this is the plan that I have for you. So, you know, when God puts his spirit in us, that's how we receive resilience. I'm going to spend a few minutes just talking about that word, resilience. Um, you know, my little boy was in an accident whenever he was 18 months old. And one of the doctors always said, you know, he's so resilient. He's so resilient because in the accident, he was old enough to where his bones at 18 months old were sturdy enough to protect his organs, but they were also still soft enough that they would give and they didn't have near as many fractures and breaks as they would have if he would have been older. And he was like, you know, Shelly, kids at this age, they're just resilient. They're just resilient. Of course, I'm like, nah, God is just that good. He's just that good. But that word, I'll never forget. That's the first time I really heard that word. And so resilient means tough. That's what it means. How tough are you? You know, it's not that Jesus never had a, had a time that he didn't want to be so tough. In the garden, he said, Lord, take this from me. If there's any other way, do it. Right? But instead, he came and he saw it through. He brought it to completion. Okay? He was resilient to say, you know what? It's about you, God. It's not about me. So what causes you to give up and not be resilient? What causes you to shrink back? What are those insecurities and those things that the devil knows? Hey, if I throw it at him, he I know how to get him. I know how to make him stop. I know how to make him quit. I know how to make him reject his calling. Because I promise you, the enemy's sitting there taking notes. The definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's how tough you are. It's how you overcome hurdles in life. The capacity to recover quickly. It's the, you cannot overcome things that God has restored without God. So if I break something and I put it back together with duct tape, but if I hit that same spot again, is it going to be weaker? Absolutely. But when God comes in, he welds it back together. He makes it strong. Actually, he makes it to where there was never even any blemish in the first place. So whenever somebody, and you, that's when you put the protection around that spot, though, you think, okay, this has been restored. It's been redeemed. It's been reconciled. But I'm going to protect this spot because I know that's what the enemy wants to use to break me. You better do it with every single thing that you got because he's going to come for the same spot over and over because he's assuming that it's still that weak. But it's not. It's not if you truly give it to God. 2 Corinthians 4, verse... Eight says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry out in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Paul's telling them, y'all, that it's going to get hard. It's going to get hard, but you're never going to be abandoned. You're never going to be crushed and you're never going to be destroyed. Okay, the enemy cannot take you out unless you let him. 
God has his hand over you. He has his hand over your life. But he can't promise you that it's always going to be easy. You want to know why? Because then he can't produce anything from you. He lets these things go on so that you develop character and perseverance and resilience. That you build your faith up. That you build other people's faith up by them witnessing whatever God has done in you. And you have come so far. I cannot tell you that enough. You have come so far from being the person that you used to be. You are resilient. You are not abandoned. You are stronger than you ever have been. And it's all because of one reason. It's because of what Jesus Christ is producing inside of you. Hold on to that and protect it. God is saying in these verses that it is possible to have faith and not be shaken. You can be resilient and you can bounce back. I want to read you here a few purposes of resilience. The reasons why God wants for us to be resilient and to bounce back. The first one is to overcome the obstacles of our childhood or our past. Maybe you've come from a broken home, but whenever he produces resilience in you, He's able to show you that, hold up, hold up, it doesn't matter because I'm doing a new thing in you. What you came from isn't who you are. You're going to bounce back from what's been, what's been spoken over you and what's been shown to you. The second one is that so that you can steer through everyday adversities, attacks, and stress. The thing is, if you're not resilient, it's not going to be easy for you to quit. The first time that it's, that it's something that is strenuous, you're like, nope, not for me. The first time that you got to show up even when you don't want to, you're going to quit. The first time that somebody attacks you and discourages you, you're going to quit. But you need to understand that that's, that's just what it is. It, he's, it's, you got to be resilient. You got to be resilient. You got to ask God, God, dig down in the deep part of my bones and help me to overcome this. Because I'm not quitting this time. I'm not giving up this time. Allow him to produce something in you. The third one is to bounce back after traumatic events rather than quitting on yourself or God. Nothing, I was talking earlier about the whole seeking thing, about how when you have to find it, how it's more valuable. Same thing as that. If it was easy, it wouldn't be so worth it and you wouldn't be so proud about it. You know? But things that mean so much to you is because you had to work to be able to get them. So whenever you go through something that's traumatic, don't quit on yourself and dang sure don't quit on God. Instead, use it as an opportunity of being weak so that he can show up and do something miraculous. The last one is so that you can reach out as a proactive means of connecting with other people and developing courage. This one I think is the hardest of all for all of us because once we do bounce back from something, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to share it. We don't want to acknowledge that that was even a hard spot in the road. But that po- the purpose of it is to use your pain that you've overcome so that other people can be reached at and that they can use, they can be built up by how you were able to overcome something. But that takes courage. Using something that caused you pain to help somebody else takes so much courage because you're going to relive it in some ways. It's like standing on, being on the stand in front of a courtroom and having to talk about something that you maybe happened two years ago that you've already tried to put behind you. But you know what? I got to talk about it right now so that justice comes. It's hard and it takes so much courage, but don't waste your pain. Don't, don't let it, let it go void and not help somebody else. So here's, we're going to end with this. It's our last, um, just our self-evaluation questions. Um, the first one is what usually causes you to quit? Ask yourself that. Be like, what is my pattern that makes me stop? Is it laziness? Is it being uncomfortable? 
Is it fear? Is it judgment from other people? Is it the lack of money? Maybe your dream and your calling require some funds and you need to pray that God give you some provision. Okay? What is it? Ask yourself, why, what makes me be a quitter? People that are quitters are taught to be quitters. But God teaches you to be the opposite. So you can never have the excuse that you don't have an example before you because Jesus Christ is all of our example. And it's the only one that we should be looking at anyways. So what makes you quit? Because he didn't quit on us whenever he was on the cross. And he could have. He could have called legions of angels and said like, nope, I'm done. But he didn't. He gave us that example. The second question is, do you feel like you're in a season where God is trying to mature you? What do you have going on in your right now in your life right now that you feel like is being perplexed? It's being pressed into. But it's not going to be crushed. It's not going to be destroyed. But what it, what area in your life right now is God trying to produce something that that's going to make you be resilient? What is it? What season, what what's going on right now in your life that you see God trying to produce something? To bring something greater. When God puts you through a season, it's always because he's going to bring something greater out of it. He's never going to diminish it. He's never going to bring it down a few notches. He's going to elevate it. Okay. The last question is, do you see why God needs you to be more resilient so that he can use you specifically to grow his kingdom? Do you understand why it's important that you learn how to bounce back? That you learn how to come back? That you learn how to be bigger and better than ever. Do you understand that it's because he needs you to bring the numbers into heaven to increase? That's the goal. That's why he wants for you to learn perseverance. That's why he wants for you to accept the calling that he has in your life. He can't give you the calling if he knows you're going to quit on it, y'all. He knows if you're going to quit on it or not. And that might be, might be why he's hidden it from you for so long. Because he doesn't want you to quit on it yet. He knows that if he can produce some more resilience in you, that once he reveals it to you, you're going to see it out. You're going to carry it to completion until the day that he returns. Just like that verse in Philippians 1.6. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. Episode 1, if you haven't, I know that we had some issues getting it out on Apple. I pray that if you've listened to it on Spotify, you've listened to it multiple times and that you understand that the calling and the purpose God has placed inside of your soul has already been inside of you. And it's going to be just like the water coming out of the rock. I pray that you listen to this episode about resilience and know that he's producing something in you. That's why he's allowing you to be pressed on. And um, I'm just looking forward to getting to be with you guys next week. This series is going to be so powerful. And I just hope that you have a great rest of your day. Be sure and like and share any of these scriptures. Tag us on Instagram. Tag us on Facebook. Um, Subscribe on the YouTube channel and just know that Jesus loves you. And um, go spread his word. Thank you so much for listening, and I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.